You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And boy, oh boy, you know, normally the storm comes in December, the early signing period, right? Uh, this January feels like typical Januarys before there was an early signing period as there has been a lot going on in Michigan circles and a lot of which has affected recruiting, recruiting fortunes, uh, recruiting trends as we head toward the late signing period. Joining me to talk about all those developments, including the latest, just before we went live came the news that Matt Weiss, co-offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for the University of Michigan, is out. Before we get into that, remember, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. Uh, They can get it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. If you're watching this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. That way, every time we do a new video, you'll get a notification. Joining me as they do every single week, the baddest crew. I shouldn't say, because people don't understand bad means good. The best crew in the land, my man, Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good, yeah, never a dull hour, minute, <laughs> second. So, <laughs> good. I guess it keeps us on our toes, though. Better for the users, I suppose. Hey, man, we, we I will say this. We have not rested this month. We have, uh, we have been working like it's the early signing period. I'm always on the site with new updates and fresh intel and information. The same is certainly true. For Bryce Merritt, who has been all over the boards, uh, giving you updates on visitors, on new guys on the radar, new offers. Bryce, how are you? Good. I I thought this was the off season. It doesn't seem like an off season right now. It seems like a seems more busy than end season almost. So right? it's wild. Right, there is no off season. You know, now, uh, now at in least Michigan. In Michigan right now. Exactly. And so let's let's dive into the news. Uh, Matt Weiss, co-offensive coordinator, University of Michigan, uh, was on suspension for computer act, act, allegations of computer access uh, crimes that allegedly had taken place between the 21st and 23rd of December. He was put on suspension earlier this week. Uh, the police had gone to – first of all, they had obviously – gone to Schembrechler Hall to investigate there. They had gone to his house and confiscated items there, according to several several published reports, including those in the Detroit News. And then came the news today from Michigan Athletic Director Warren Manuel that the decision has been made to relieve Matt Weiss of his duties as the offensive coordinator at the University of Michigan to give you the exact statement from Warren Manuel. He said, after a review of university policies, the athletic department has terminated the appointment of co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Matt Weiss. Your reaction, Mr. Lorenz? Uh, I mean, it felt like at least when the stuff first came out, I feel like this was probably the inevitable uh, product of it. I know, like, from a recruiting standpoint, uh, it's kind of hard not to think that Michigan should – improve here um you know I, it's it's, like, it's just such a bizarre uh situation from beginning to end but you know I, I think 
Weiss, I guess, always felt like a guy. And again, don't know much about the coaching acumen. I'm assuming he he was a positive in that regard, but just felt like a a pro guy, sort of out of place in the college game uh, from the outset. So <clears throat> for Michigan, you know, with, with, with Jim Harbaugh as a quarterback guy already, uh, I'll be interested to see does Michigan like I guess he's always kind of done the quarterback coach thing. I know Ben McDaniels was the other was a guy beforehand. I mean, I, I assume they're going to try to go with an offensive quarterback type guy to replace. But like I said, hard not to think that strictly from a recruiting standpoint, uh, it's an opportunity for Michigan to improve uh, for sure. You know, maybe somebody who can get involved in more recruitments than literally just the one or two quarterbacks uh, you're trying to recruit in a given cycle. So. Yeah, like I said, no, never a dull moment, uh, you know, but but possibly an opportunity for a, a, a Michigan team looking to rebound, not rebound, I guess, but 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 really uh, opportunity to have a huge 2024 cycle, you know, could be an opportunity to add somebody that could help them in that regard. Bryce? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think I speak for everyone where I say this came out of left field. This is not I don't think anything that. Michigan saw coming, we saw coming, any writer, any fan, anyone saw coming. Um, But in terms of the recruiting aspect and what I do, I personally don't think this is going to be a big loss for Michigan. I mean, if you're looking at his track record, your track record with uh, quarterback recruiting, it's not much to go off of personally. Um, The biggest name that comes to mind is Dante Morsam, the five-star of Detroit you know, Martin Luther King. And that was a recruitment you heavily uh, covered. And one of the biggest things with that was the relationship between Matt Wise and Dante Moore and his circle. And that seemed to be something that every freaking time you talk to someone, it always went back to Matt Wise and how it's, hopefully it's improving. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they're connecting on a better level. And the only thing that comes back to my mind when I first think of recruiting with him is when he had that press conference with, you know, the media, I think several months ago in season, and he was talking, someone, you know, asked him about recruiting and his thoughts on it coming from the NFL. And he just simply stayed in like, I'm paraphrasing, but like, I'm not a guy that's going to be playing Fortnite with a high schooler at 2 a.m. That's just not what I'm going to do. You know, that's not the type of person I am. That's not my thing. And that's fine. Look at Mike McDonald. That wasn't his thing either, you know. But in the same token, he still was effective. He still had his fingerprints. He still was making an impact. I just never saw that with Matt Wise. So the biggest thing for me going forward is who do they hire? And hopefully, whoever they hire is an upgrade. I mean, I... There's no shot at Matt. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be worse. So that's kind of how I look at everything. Hey, hey, Steve, no offense, but I'm going to offend you. <laughs> well, you, I, you know, I've, I've actually started out sentences with offense. Like you just say offense instead of no offense because you know an offense, something offensive is coming immediately I, after. <laughs> <laughs> Like using having said that, you know, like I try to put it gently, you know, I try to, I try to put gently, but look, you, you are alone and you, you, I'm not sugarcoating none of this. Now, a couple of things, you know, 
I had been hearing rumblings that a move back to the pro. Because some people, some guys are just pro guys, right? Some guys are just pro guys. Mike McDonald, I mean, I, I think it had to be the Ravens for him to go back. You know, he went back to be a D.C. in the league, right, at a place that he knew. So, but the opportunity to go back to the pros, man, I mean, I, I, I definitely think he was not going to be a college guy, you know, in perpetuity. He was going to get back to the league at some point. And I got that feeling about Matt Weiss, too. I just, you know, some guys from a recruiting standpoint, that's that's their thing. And, you know, guys who come up in the pros, it, 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 a lot of it feels like, oh, man, I mean, hey, I got to be playing Fortnite. I've got to be kissing these dudes behind kind of thing. That's recruiting. Recruiting is smoozing and kissing some behind here and there, right? And so you're absolutely right, Bryce, that an alleged, um, you know, crime was behind what I was hearing earlier this week. Because if you go back on the site, Monday night, I put, hey, here's a name you should look at. People are always wondering, like, who are some assistant names? And I said, there's one name you left off the list. Go find this post on the site right now. I said, look at this name as a quarterback coach. And remember it. Remember this name because I'm hearing it's a hot name inside. And the next day, you know, I heard something was going on with Weiss. I, now, did I know it was a, uh, an alleged crime? I can't say that I knew that. Didn't know it was a crime that he potentially committed. So what does this do to recruiting? If you go back to the Dante Moore recruitment, you nailed it, Bryce. Time and time again, I kept hearing, just not connecting with Weiss. Just not connecting with Weiss. Respect his football acumen and his X's and O's, just not connected with him. And for Dante, it was a huge, huge deal that he have a connection. Why do you think, you know, for everything that people said about NIL, he went to Oregon for NIL. If he went to Oregon for NIL, he'd still be committed to Oregon, right? But he left when his, when his quarterback coach, when Dillingham, went down to Arizona State. He had a great connection. It was kind of like his relationship that he had at, at King, where he's like, those are his guys. That's his, you know, he coached Spence and TP. Those are his guys, right? He wanted that kind of relationship in college. Didn't feel it at Michigan. It's just, it just is what it doesn't mean NIL wasn't a factor, but you can't tell me a guy who came up at Detroit King isn't going to have NIL. You got Ford, General Motors, you got Chrysler, you got all, you, you got all these uh, mortgage companies that you mean to tell me. I don't give a damn if they're Sparties that own them. You know, the, the more big mortgage companies in Michigan, they all own by Sparties, right? It doesn't matter. They would have endured this dude would have had NIL like you wouldn't believe. A Detroit quarterback? Come on, man. That that was not going to keep him from Michigan. Now, you got to be confident in that space. You can't be a zero or you're going to lose big-time guys. But you could have been confident for him. He had a great relationship with Dillingham plus the NIL. You know, plus they're throwing it all over the yard. That all factors. Plus he's going to be playing right away. That are all factors. But coming off of that recruitment, you get into the, into the Jaden Davis recruitment. You remember we kept asking, and and you might remember this, Steve. We were like, why doesn't Harbaugh jump in on this recruitment? Why doesn't Harbaugh take over this recruitment? And it dawned on me listening to Jeremiah Davis, Jaden Davis's dad, talk about his experience with Matt Weiss. So I'll preface this not by offending 
like Bryce did, just did, right? <laughs> I said no offense. <laughs> I'll start out by saying they like Matt Weiss. They were close to Matt Weiss. They, he was one of the reasons why Michigan had trended up to favorite status, Matt Weiss was with Michigan. But at the onset of that recruitment, they're up on, I think it was the first time they were up here, and they're talking to Matt Weiss. And Jeremiah said, and I wrote this, you could go check it out over at michiganinsider.com where he gets really, really elaborate with it. He said he told Matt Weiss to his face, you are a terrible recruiter. <laughs> Talk about no offense, right? You didn't do that, right? <laughs> he said he told him, you are a terrible recruiter. You are good at this. Now, you know, there is, you're, you're, you're joking with him, but you're giving some truth, right? So you're, you're couching truth in a little, with a little humor. But the reason why they got close, and Steve, it seems a little weird, right? I, I'm curious how this struck you, because he tells him he's a terrible recruiter. Man, you're not, you're not any, you suck at this. You need some help. And then the dad starts, Jeremiah starts giving them tips, not just on how to recruit his son, but on how to recruit. Period. And then he he starts to apply those lessons to recruiting his son, and suddenly it's working, and the relationship is growing. They get really close. And they were really, they were really, it was a gut punch when they heard the Matt Weiss news. So in a weird sort of kind of way, him not being a good recruiter actually helped them with Jaden Davis for a minute. I think it said, yeah, I think it said a lot about how interested in Michigan the Davis family is, right? I mean, I, I can't imagine he'd be giving tips to every other guy that was trying to recruit him. You know, I'm not, I'm not thinking every coach has recruited him besides Weiss was like, doing it perfectly necessarily. Right. So, uh, yeah, no, um, so bad that it, yeah, that it ended up, that it ended up helping Michigan, which again, we talk about only at Michigan, uh, maybe finally in the positive direction here a little bit that the, the primary recruiter was so bad that it actually helped Michigan, uh, in the race. So, uh, yeah, fascinating thing that I've, we've never come across that. Have you, Sam? I mean, yeah, I've, I have not. You, you've been doing it longer than I have. I, I've never heard of, of the guy, of the guy I, being so I, bad. I guess, I, I guess it, it, in a, you got to twist yourself around for it to make sense, but they get a relationship. I can be honest with you. Yeah, you, no. You don't, you don't take offense, and we get close Yep. as a result, right? So yep. looking back, and you guys tell me if this makes sense to you, because I'm speculating here. When we go back to the Dante Moore recruitment and we keep asking ourselves, why didn't Jim, why didn't he take that recruitment over? And I'm speculating that he wanted to let, he didn't want to step on Weiss's toes. He wanted to let him be the quarterback coach and be the primary recruiter without, in your first big time recruit, the head coach comes in and basically, and basically says, sit down, I got it. That's what I think happened because he had every reason. The reason why I say that, he had every reason coming off of that Dante Moore situation to be the lead recruiter on Jaden Davis. You just lost Jaden Davis. The dad is telling you the dude's a terrible recruiter, right? You would think you step in at that point, but he didn't. He didn't step in and and sit Weiss down and say, you know, play the backup here. He kept letting Weiss do his thing, and I, I – I, that's what makes sense to me now that he just wanted to let his coach be the lead recruiter and not, not hover. That makes sense to you guys. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying it was the right strategy, but 
Right. It seemed like that was the play, but yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily in, in retrospect the, the correct play, right? I mean, uh, yeah, the Dante, you know, it, I think with Dante, I think, I don't know, maybe you guys disagree or, or whatever. Uh, never felt like looking back now, hindsight 2020, I don't think he was ever going to go to Michigan, right? I mean, it would have taken something a little bit different earlier, much earlier in the recruitment for it to turn out in Michigan's favor. But, but uh, well, by the time he decided it, it seemed like it was leaning elsewhere and, and uh, whatever his motivations were. So I don't, you know, at the same time, I could Jim have turned the tide in that recruitment? I, I, I got to think it, it, it would have made a difference. I mean, when has Jim gotten dre- is directly involved, let's say as he is with, with Jaden Davis now uh, where he hasn't actually kind of won the recruitment really right i mean we're thinking like donovan people's jones uh donovan edwards another one i think jj was one that he got directly involved with so i mean he does have a high success rate when we've known that he has taken basically taken the horns on the recruitment and and you know kind of taken the lead so suppose it could have made a a, a difference in retrospect but uh yeah no, it's just such a weird uh dichotomy between the uh, just how you, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you would do. You know. Well, well, look, it it does. I mean, it, sometimes there an opportunity comes out of something like this. I mean, who would have thought an opportunity would have come out of the dad telling him he was a terrible recruiter? So you just lost your QB coach, co OC. Who who I said at the beginning of the year. I mean, you got to think about his background. His background is a run game guy. When when. He was hired. You got to think about the the sort of the 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 build up, the lead in, the 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 etymology, if you if you will, of of Matt Weiss, the quarterback coach at the University of Michigan. There was no spot when Michigan first started dealing with him. That's because they were clinicking with him as he was the Ravens' run game guy, and the offensive staff was clinicking with him at that time. Well, Brian Jean Marie gets an offer from from uh, from Tennessee, that kind of goes back and forth. There's some delay about whether is Michigan going to try to match or they're going to try to get back in. I think at that time the wheels started turning in Jim's mind. Hey, we can go get this dude, and I could just move. I can move one of my other coaches. I can move Ron Bellamy over to, over to defense. So we can, we can make it happen. And boom, Matt Weiss, who they had just been clinicking with in the run game, comes in, comes on staff as a, uh, you know, as the quarterback's coach. And so I say that to say you have an opportunity if you're Jim Harbaugh to go get you like a pure quarterback guy and to your point, Bryce, try to get you some recruiting chops. Now, you know, who is that? Now, make no mistake. Is he going to kick the tires with, with some pros? We just saw Greg Roman come open, right? I'm telling you right now, sure as the day is long, he will kick the tires with Greg Roman. I don't think that's the likeliest guy. If you follow us over at MichiganInsider.com, that you know who I think that is, go check it out. I'll put up a hot board a little bit later about guys to, to consider. But I've already laid it out in you know great detail where I think they're going to uh, – an internal place that I think they're going to look. But you can get you a recruiter, Bryce, and, uh, you know, ideally a guy who's not just recruiting quarterbacks. Right, a, a guy who could recruit an area as well would really serve to Michigan's advantage. Yeah, and I, I, you know, going back to Jane Davis, the other thing I think this can almost be 
a blessing in disguise because I feel like one, you're going to have Sharon Moore be more involved in this recruitment because I'm not saying he's going to become full time OC, but there's the possibility he could. And the other thing too is, and we're already seeing it, Sam, you're going to have Jim Harbaugh more involved in this recruitment, especially with Matt Wise now gone. Someone has to pick up where the pieces are. And so, and he had that lengthy conversation. I know you just posted on our message board of him talking to the family and talk to the dad and making sure, you know, no man knows the future type of lines are gone, you know, like he's yeah, he, giving he them. So here, here's what's clear to me from that conversation. Jim told them, don't expect good news with Matt Weiss. He didn't say okay. that. He didn't say that in an interview, but it's, it's clear as day now, right? That that's what happened and put them at ease. I, I think, Jim Harbaugh got that recruitment back on track. But that he he was he was on a visit with Hayden Moore, steps out of that visit with Hayden Moore to go have this conversation and offered a, de- a degree of candor that the media would never get in the under these circumstances from from Jim Harbaugh. So that ought to tell you, if you're Jaden Davis, that ought to tell you how serious he is about you, that he didn't beat around the bush about his future, about his contract status, that there are some, you know, false reporting out there about about Matt Weiss, who he, you know, he kind of, <laughs> no man knows the future on that, right? I mean, he went into detail, and he said, check the piece out, I'm your recruiter. I'm your primary. You want something, you come to me. I got this. Any question you have, anything you want to talk about, and you want to just chop it up, you call me. So, you, Bryce, you, I mean, uh, Steve, you laid it out. When he does that, when he when Jim Harbaugh jumps in as a lead recruiter, think about it. His hit rate is pretty high. It's really good. As it should be, right? I mean, but that and that's that then of course the natural question is why doesn't he get involved in a few more recruitments? Right? I mean, you know, you look at some of the guys in, in, in twenty four that they're they're happy after, like a guy like Justin Scott, you know, what's stopping Jim from taking a, a primary ish role? I mean, I you know, he can't delegate it to a bump, but there's like, there should be like three or four recruitments each cycle. You think that maybe um, him, you know, not that he he obviously is always ends up being involved, but like maybe from the outset with a few guys, you know, with some of these big time targets at at some different positions where, you know, I think the appeal of knowing a guy like Jim Harbaugh, a coach like Jim Harbaugh is is really super involved in your recruitment from the beginning, I think could put Michigan uh, in a better position with some of these guys. So yeah, I mean, yeah. The track record uh, does kind of speak for itself in that regard, and and yeah, now if you're lo- if you're looking at the Jaden Davis recruitment, uh, you may feel even better about things than we already kind of did uh, before this stuff with Weiss even went down. So uh, yeah, I mean I, I, that's what I would that would be my uh, not going to give advice, but that would be my thing. Was like you know maybe a couple other guys each cycle he could take that kind of similar approach with it could could pay off for them. Well, you got to analyze. For a second, because we've we've been we put in crystal balls. I think we all know this was really trending Michigan's way, and so I never thought Michigan fell out of the lead. I, I what I felt like is that a whole lot of uncertainty was injected into the equation, and it might have made how you, you know, made how you were feeling made you feel a little uneasy all of a sudden, or a lot uneasy, if you will. And I think that that was the case, and I think that's what. Jim kind of stabilized and there's still some questions now like hey what are you going to do what, what's going to happen with the next 
QB coach, right? You want to know that. You want to know what his background is. You want to know, hey, I just read something. You got four collectives that you're endorsing now. What, what about that? There are some things to still address, but the notion that Michigan – and look, I suggest you – his dad, and I'm sure there were some off-the-record things that Jim told him that he didn't even share with us. What I, the reason why I mentioned that is I'm trying to convey the tone. He was like, hey, we're back on track with Michigan. I mean, there's some things we got to find out. And I'm not telling you uh, to, to uh, book a plight, flight down here for a, an announcement, but, you know, we're feeling good about Michigan again. As a matter of fact, his dad, I asked him a pointed question about, all right, how does, how does Jaden feel about Michigan at this point? Because there have been a lot of speculation and rumors that they've fallen off the list if someone's taking the lead because they're going to someone else taking the lead because they're going to visit Carolina, Ohio State's going by to school. And so his dad addressed that very point and some of the things uh people are saying. So I'll share that right now so folks can hear it. And you can sort of decide for yourself what you think. So here you go. This is Mr. Davis. So, Mr. Davis, uh, it's been a lot put out there about how Jaden feels about Michigan at this point. You know, are they are they down on his list? Has he cooled on him? Have they cooled on him? I mean, what would you say in your own words about how how Jaden feels about Michigan at this point? Um, Jaden loves Michigan. He loves the academics. He loves um, um, everything about it. Um, it's a family environment. We're close with. Uh, McCarthy's, we're, we're close with um, coaching staff. I mean, um, Jaden's um, very, very, it's, it's a place that's very, very high on this list. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff people report about Jaden's recruitment and, uh, and um, saying this and that and, you know, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll say this um, um, deliberately is that um, if you don't hear from myself, or if you don't hear from my son, then uh, people are just selling for clicks. Or, or, and there's only two outlets or a few outlets that um, um, we, we go out there and talk to. And if you listen and to this uh, podcast or you listen to me talk right now, then you, simply put, you can kind of figure it out. Um, everybody else out there is pretty much uh, speculating and reporting false information. So, you know, we're, we're a family that uh, have a very small circle, so um, um, and we're not um, uh, hard to figure out either. So, uh, with that being said, if you don't hear from my son, or you don't hear from me, the leader of the Davis household, and the uh, the other people out there don't know what they're talking about. So, fellas, um, I think Ooh. I think what, what that says is that's hot. <laughs> what that says is if we're getting it right, what we say we're getting right from them. We're getting right from them and conveying it to you and, and sort of conveying to you the tone. Michigan is in great shape. It's closing time. It's closing time. And you got your closer as a primary recruiter now. Um, you know, I'm doing a crystal ball update. And my crystal ball update is going to be, hey, <laughs> I'm not changing it. I'm not changing my crystal ball. I have a confidence level of seven on it. Bryce, I'm I'm sticking with it. Um, I think I think they feel pretty good about Jim's track record for hiring coaches. I think they have some confidence there. I think this, you obviously want to see it. 
but it's about dotting some I's and crossing some T's for them at this point. I know a lot of people made. So what did you guys make of Jim dropping by to see uh, Rayola the other day? What did you make of that, Bryce? I well, I guess I'll start. I I've put in a recruiting notebook I've been doing, starting doing. But here's the thing: he's been recruiting the state of Arizona. He's been recruiting everywhere. If you have the number one player in America near you, you'd kind of be foolish not to stop by the school. You know what I mean? And potentially even gauge his interest because he is a top talent. Um, but I'm not going to look more into it other than that. I don't think he's taking a visit to Michigan. I know he does have an offer. And I know when it was first reported, it was reported by a local um, news reporter here and Jennifer Hammond who does a great job here in the state of Michigan, but she's got a connection with the family because of his father who played for the Lions. So I think that was people took that a little out of context, saying Michigan's almost doing this for spite, trying to get at Ohio State because Ohio State's now going to see Jane Davis and they're bringing their top guns like Brian Hartline and Corey Dennis and even you know Ryan Day's all going to school on Friday um, to see Jane Davis and kind of get back in that recruitment, which is ironic because, Sam, they passed on him for <laughs> Riola. Yeah. So now they got to have their tail tucked between their legs saying, hey, remember us? <laughs> we love you. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't look too much in the Dylan Riola recruitment unless he takes a visit to Michigan. I, I still think Michigan's all in on Jane Davis, and they should be. This is when they've laid down the foundation. They've gotten him up to campus several times. They have a good rapport, obviously, with his father and the whole family as well. This is the recruitment Michigan fans should be locked into. Yeah, I, Steve, I saw the, the Rayola stuff as, as more headline than, than substance. The headline was more exciting than the actual substance of the, of the visit. Right. I, I almost wonder if, if Michigan knew that Ohio State was going to go see Davis. That's a good point. Right. Yeah, it, you know that, and, and if you're already in the general area, even if you're not, I guess, uh, you know, they they they're flying all over the country every day. You know, why not? You know, if Ohio State's still able to to go on the Providence State campus and and recruit Jaden Davis, there's no reason Michigan can't at least, you know, see the, get the get the pulse on Dylan Rayola's recruitment, right? I mean, we think Georgia or Nebraska. Probably at the end of the day for him, I think Georgia's the, the team that most people have been talking about, right? But you know, I always, I always just kind of wonder if it's all, you know, just little mind games and stuff like that. Because yeah, I mean, it, it, you're hard pressed to believe Michigan would have ever. They're not going to really get back or get in. They never really in it in the first place. Get into the the Dylan Rail recruitment. They're not going to risk alienating Davis, um, you know, by by really making a serious run in that recruitment. So I always, I almost kind of wondered if it was sort of a little bit of a mind game type deal from, from Jim to, to go in and, and check on, but again, no harm in checking in on the number one player in the country. Let's not get it twisted as far as, you know, rail is an elite prospect. No reason not to say, at least say like, Hey, you know, cause at the same time, you're not a hundred percent. You're not, you're never going to be a hundred percent sure. You know, maybe Jane Davis, you know, maybe he's list, not listening, but like, you know, he's at least, talking with Ohio state, like, you know, you just never know, right. We've seen how many recruiting we've seen. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's not, it's much to do about nothing. I feel like, but, uh, 
yeah, pretty kind of a weird, random little uh, recruiting tidbit in the middle of the week and, and sort of a chaotic week. It may have gotten more attention on an, in a normal week if there wasn't all the other if all the other stuff hadn't been going on. You know what I mean? Like it did it did kind of sneak in there a little bit. And I mean, we're going to give attention to it because we're we're recruiting focused. But uh, yeah, I think it might have been a little bit of a bigger story uh, if there hadn't been so much other stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah, a ton of stuff. Speaking of which, there's a ton of other things in recruiting going on. Big visits on the docket for the maize and blue. Uh, they've had a couple of noteworthy visitors on campus already. Uh, so there are things. There are wheels turning in recruiting. So here's what we'll do. We'll pause for the cause right now. We'll come back on the other side and lay it out, all of the the recruiting recruiting developments as far as upcoming visitors, uh, some recent offers that have gone out that are noteworthy as well. So stay tuned for that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, fellas. Uh, so visits. Visitors. We know uh, Bryce Bryce West and who else did, did they? Um, Jacob Bowden. Uh, Jacob Bowden came in. Jordan uh, Marshall. Jordan Marshall came in the day before. So those guys were here last Sunday. Marshall was there the day before. The running back out of Ohio that we've talked so much about. And that's really kind of a, a calm before the storm. Now that Jim, now that Harbaugh has said that, hey, I'm coming back. You know, we can work the contract thing out over time. I'll deal with this NCAA thing. I'm coming back. I'm, I'm out of the, uh, the NFL consideration. Is allowed the focus to shift back fully to recruiting. Because I know, I know when you were putting out visitors, Bryce, because I would have the same reaction. We always shoot the reel to the people there. You're talking about visitors, and they're like, for what? They don't. They don't know who the coach is going to be. And we said, yeah, I mean, it does make things kind of interesting there. You're coming to get a feel for the campus and get to know the coaches a little bit and waiting and seeing. Now you don't have that concern. It makes these these visits that are coming up, it makes them hit more, makes them punch more, that Michigan's going to have some noteworthy guys on campus. Yeah, and I, it's funny because we talked last recruiting podcast about the new approach maybe for, like, Nicholas Harbor and saying, hey, don't come here because of the coach. Come here because of the school, and now you should be kind of like, yeah, but Jim Harbaugh's back, so <laughs> don't forget about that. Yeah, we forget about what we said before. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, re- don't remember that. Um, yeah, no, this, this weekend they're going to have several guys coming up for their first, I would say, official junior day, and the biggest, and we kind of detailed him and outlined him last podcast, was Cameron Brandt. 
He's the only official visitor they're going to have on campus there. 2023 defense alignment out of the state of California. He's still committed to Stanford, but he didn't sign in the early signing period with the Cardinals. This guy's six foot three. I want to say he's 360. So a lot of people are wondering how does this affect Jamel Howard, the big nose tackle that Michigan still recruit on the state of Illinois and the Chicago area. It doesn't affect that at all. This is a guy that Michigan really likes. He's again, flexible. He can move up and down across the line. And he's the guy that Michigan feels like overall his skill set can be molded to several spots. So he's a guy that is one to keep an eye on for a few others, which we just confirmed. He's a top 100 defense alignment out of the state of Georgia. And he just named Michigan his top 13. Shut off the confetti. I know top 13. That's not anything to you know freak out about but they're in it right he's got 35 offers one of the nation's top guys heaven brown Schuler, six foot four 290 pounds and these are the type of cats that michigan wants to compete with the big boys in college football and take even that next step sam like i said compared to tcu and that next step like georgia and alabama these are the type of guys you got to get on campus this will be his first ever trip to campus. Extremely excited. They offered him back in August of 2021. So he's had this offer for a minute. Um, and like we always say, you got to get him up once for the outer region kids. If you get him up a second time, now we're cooking, right? A um, couple other guys to mention as well for this junior day. Amarian Stewart. Guy that we detailed from Chicago as well, four star wide receiver. Michigan kind of really turned up the heat after he camped in the summer, and Rod Bellamy was very impressed with that performance. I think he's now considered a top target. I actually have a crystal ball in from Michigan leading us in that recruitment. He's got a top seven. He's still taking his time, but I like where Michigan sits. A couple big offensive linemen Ben Roebuck, six foot seven, 325 pounds out of the state of Ohio. He goes to Lakewood at St. Edwards there, one of the best programs in the state of Ohio. And he's got a really good connection with one of a fellow Ohio natives and also Michigan commit Luke Hamilton, who will also be on campus as well. And last but not least, the guy that we've kind of detailed thoroughly is Brian Robinson. He will be back as well on campus. So this is a huge recruiting weekend in terms of Michigan saying, hey, we got some stability back. We got Jim Harbaugh back. You know, the coaches know what's going on for the most part. And let's get back to recruiting. That's what I was told by one source is let recruiting now finally start. Let it get it going. Let's see where things, you know, fall. But one more quick piece. The following weekend, they're going to have another big, big time running back uh, target coming in. And Taylor Tatum, he's a guy that Michigan's beaten recruiting thoroughly. Mike Hart has been all over that recruitment. They actually recently stopped at his high school uh, earlier this week. And then this is a guy that they like on top of Jordan Marshall. You know, they're really, that's going to be a big emphasis for this 2024 class is running back recruiting because as Alejandro actually pointed out from one of his articles, Donovan Edwards is not planning on staying much longer. So is you that, need running backs. That surprise anyone? <laughs> I mean, come on. The dude, the dude to tell you, I'm special. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate the the candor, right? I mean, North, he's not playing, he's not messing around. I give him that I was mean, that was a ref, little refreshing to to see that. It's like okay, look, cards are on the table now. So we yeah. go from Jim Harbaugh not saying much to Donovan Edwards would be like, listen, I'll tell you anything you want. So, yeah, well, but you know what? It, I think this. I think you talked about Tatum last time, uh, Steve. But this is worthy of reiterating. Michigan has got to crush running back recruiting every year. For as much as they run the football, you have got to have dudes at the running back position at the University of Michigan year in and year out. You got to be three dudes deep. And you can you can maintain that at Michigan because you're going to use them that much, right? You're going to have two guys who, who are primary, and they're going to probably split you know, maybe they're going to split 30 to, you know, 30 to 40 touches a game, right? They're going to somewhere in that range, whether it's running the football or catching the football, they're going to get that. T- and then you're going to have another back that's going to get you, you know, say that's going to be coming up and get you seven to 10. They're going to get a lot of garbage time as well. But you got to have three dudes. Well, two of your dudes are about to go, right? Now, maybe you have another dude in the stable. We got we to gotta wait to see. Is Cole Cabana? I think Cole has a chance to really be a dude. Jury's out on the guys that are already on on campus. The thing that makes you just a little bit nervous is that you didn't really see one of those younger guys develop over the course of the season uh, to the point where they could play them at the end of the season, right? right. Couldn't play them in the in the Fiesta Bowl. When you really needed another guy, you, you went to, you know, a converted linebacker which is no offense to the converted linebacker, but I'm speaking about what it says about the other guys, that he was able to switch positions and jump over the guys who were were recruited to play that position. No offense. No offense. (laughs) Uh, Good ear, Bryce. I heard it too. (laughs) I mean, no no offense. But, but it does – I mean, you see where I'm coming from, right, Steve? I mean, oh, 100%. 100%. Sam, I think 24, I think even with they, – they took two in 23. Uh, I think it's still up near the top as far as the most important positions for Michigan in 24. And I still think – maybe you wonder what you guys think. I still think when there's that second wave in the portal comes spring ball, when depth charts come, you know, I was like, I wonder if it's still a spot that they're going to – kind of keep their eyes out for and see if, if there's another, a right guy that, that drops in. But yeah, I mean, what? Yeah. Taylor Tatum, as Bryce said, coming up, uh, Jordan Marshall out of Cincinnati, kind of the top guy. I would say Mike Hart offered like every running back East of Dallas in Texas this week. I mean, so they, they expanded their board in a, in a pretty significant way. I'm kind of interested. A lot of those guys were like very, similarly ranked and similarly sized. I'm kind of interested to see if any of these, these recent Texas offers kind of emerge as, as the guy that, or one as a guy that, that Hart really wants. But yeah, the clear top two are Taylor Tatum and Jordan Marshall. And it, it you know, for Tatum to come up as quickly as he is after the offer, uh, and as a guy who's ranked just outside of five-star, I think we have him at 37th overall in the entire class. Uh, you know, Michigan's in striking distance with both those guys. And yeah, with how, with the production at, at running back, with the style of offense they like to run and with how well they've recruited up front, you know, and you're going to be playing behind an offensive line that should be able to give you lanes to run. 
you got to think they got to get one of those two guys for sure. That'd be a major disappointment if they weren't able to get uh, one of those two guys on board just because, yeah, the, the appeal of playing in Michigan's offense has to be, you know, they have to be one of the top destinations right now uh, for any running back recruit in the country. Yeah, I want to go back to Amarion Stewart. We've we've talked about him a lot, so we don't really have to rehash uh, how talented Michigan think thinks he is. I think he's at or near the top of the board. I think he's probably the number one receiver target on the board for Michigan. I think they think that highly of him as an electric. I, I kind of liken him to a, a taller and and maybe a step faster uh, AJ Henning. Uh, it makes sense because that's where he's from, but he's a little bit taller, a little bit faster. Uh, and just blew him away uh, at the camp. They've been all over him since. And so remember that barbecue at the big house sort of experience, they put him with Channing, Channing um, uh, Goodwin and Jordan Ship and Jaden Davis. And so this is another, this is another sort of maybe Jaden Davis kind of connection potentially. I know he's been talking to different recruits. He's definitely been, been talking to Nicholas Harbor in recent weeks, which I'll be profiling in more detail here. Uh, coming up over the MichiganInsider.com, sort of linked up with Marion Stewart. And I'm going to be curious to ask Marion, are you talking to him? And if you aren't talking to him, are you going to start talking to him more to kind of see where that goes? That's that's another reason why. You talk about get a, get a class going, get the momentum going. Man, you get a quarterback in the class. It's huge. Price. It's like, a, it's like lighting Chip. the fuse when you do that. Yeah. We talked about it. It's like a flag carrier, and I think Michigan's been lacking that last cycle. You kind of saw that where you were looking for who's going to lead this class. And I had several guys step up and recruit other top guys, but it just seems that most top prospects gravitate towards the quarterback. It's just it is what it is, Um, and hopefully if you can get Jane Davis in the fold, you can attract more talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, he was – here's the thing too, Sam, and I think you're the one that mentioned it. When he came up on a game day visit, he was talking to Brian Robinson, the guy who's going to be hitting him. Well, I, he probably won't hit him like practice. But, I mean, this is a guy that plays on the opposite side of him. This is not a wide receiver, you know, he'd be throwing to every day. This is a defensive end. So, yeah, and I, I also want to point out one more guy I know, Sam, you're probably going to want to talk about, and even Steve is Aaron Childs. He's not going to be visiting this weekend, but next weekend. He confirmed with me he will be coming up. That's the guy that he said George Hilo has been all over recruiting him, talking to him, and they made it very clear he is maybe their top linebacker prospect on their whole entire board. That's how much they love him as well. From the same high school as Chris Jenkins, good counsel there in the DMV area. Stud, absolute stud. He's not a five-star, borderline five-star prospect. Got the whole country after him, but Michigan right now is in good position to land him, and this is a key opportunity to impress him on this trip. Yeah, I went to I went to good counsel back in the summer to see Aaron Childs and and Colin Tuner specifically, and he is he's a specimen. Uh, I mean, you you get it right away. You you can find, and that's a loaded team. So let's let's be that's a loaded program. They are always going to have guys. So if you stand out as a specimen on that team, yeah, you're you're legit. And so I saw him uh, like right after he had just recently gotten an offer from Clemson. And so he was kind of 
you know, he was talking about Michigan, but he was talking about a lot of the SEC schools and ACC schools at the moment because things were kind of blowing up for him. Uh, but Michigan, staying persistent. Michigan, very, very present um, at good counsel, making it clear once again that that is a priority stop. I mean, uh, Ron Bellamy was in the DMV, I want to say Tuesday, dropped by to see Nick Harbor, but made it, made it over to uh, over to Maryland to drop in on good counsel as well, where, you know, it's, it's not just Childs, it's, it's Altoona, it's, um, you know, you got some other guys. Dorian Mayo's the other guy, the edge. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Big timer. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Big time. Yeah. So you, you got some, some guys that they're all over uh, in that program. And the unique, the interesting thing about Aaron Childs is he has the same, track coach or he was a, his his youth track coach is the same one as Nick Harbor. Pam Fish was his his youth coach as he came up in her program. We know she is a diehard Michigan fan. She is and a Michigan alum and is still very close to the family. And so you got another in there that you can potentially work. And if you get Nick Harbor, that's another in there with with uh, with Aaron Child. So, you know, it can if you get these dominoes going, if Michigan just get a domino, it just feels like if they just get the quarterback, then it, that's the next domino, and then the next domino, and then the next domino, you got some recruiting momentum. The recruiting momentum that they didn't get off of last season, right, where things just, you feel like you make the playoffs, you're supposed to be rolling, and it didn't happen like that for Michigan. And there was a real danger of that not happening this year, and that's why I think it's so significant for Jim Harbaugh to without, I mean, is does does the brass at Michigan do they have a framework for a deal in mind for Jim Harbaugh? Sure, they do. Have they have they gotten to the point on a deal where they're like, hey, we just waiting to sign? At one point, I thought or I was told that hey, they're gonna they're showing the NCAA that they're serious about dealing with those infractions. They'll get the deal done after. The uh, the NCAA thing is handled. They anticipated two things. Number one, that they would because they were conceding every point to the NCAA, that they this could be over quick, right? And that they will have shown that we take this really really seriously. And then coming off of it, and this is the faith that Jim Harbaugh has shown because, you know, he told um, he told Mr. Davis. You know, we aren't quite there yet as far as the deal is concerned. He said, you know, we're we're working towards some some things. So it, it is it is false to say that, you know, they just gotta go sign something. It's not there. But that speaks more to Jim Harbaugh's commitment, right? And understanding that, man, I gotta do this now, Steve. And we're if we're gonna have a chance to salvage recruiting, salvage January recruiting, and really set the tone for the class. I got to say something right now. I think that probably had to be the biggest driving force of it all timing wise to go ahead and say something right now. Yeah. You don't want to start letting guys slip away. Right. I mean, Davis has even said he's the process is getting a little, he's at that point, right. The tire where the process is getting a little bit tiresome and other schools, I think we're sensing that that's why you, you know, North Carolina, Clemson, you know, you start hearing some schools mentioned again, as far as potential visits, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, you have to stem the tide uh, as quickly as possible because, yeah, you don't want – especially during an eval period, right? I mean, you have these coaches are stopping at these schools too. 
they're going to use every opportunity they have to negatively recruit Michigan or whoever, uh, you know, and, and, and to be fair at the time, you know, for a while there, Michigan was making them so Harbaugh making himself wide open to negative recruiting. So to get it done before these coaches are all on the road uh, and, and, and yeah, stem the tide, I think was, was really important, but yeah, Sam, the other thing too, you mentioned totally different if Michigan lands a big time quarterback to get this cycle kicked off. Cause that from even just from a perception standpoint, it would really kill a lot of maybe concern with other recruits knowing, Hey, you know, like the number two quarterback in the country just committed to Michigan, you know, there's got to be something special about this place. And, and and the one thing we always know, Michigan always does really well early on with guys. Uh, they're always getting guys up to campus. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, last season they didn't, there was never like a momentum building commitment that really got things kind of going for them in the first place. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that's why not only stemming the tide, but yeah, getting the close here on Davis, I think would, would really do, a lot to, to make 24 a much different cycle for Michigan on the trail than 23 was. Yeah, I do want to wrap things up uh, really quickly, uh, kind of closing about how you guys feel about Cam Brandt and, and Jamel Howard, the other prospects. I, I said uh, about Nick Harper the other day, if you missed the, the piece about the important conversations, pivotal conversations that Harbaugh was set to have with Nick Harper and with um, and with um, Jaden Davis, check that piece out. Jim Harbaugh, Ron Bellamy, going to be in home with Nick Harbour on Tuesday. So mark that down. I know that uh, Shane Beamer is supposed to go in home next week as well. He he has uh, some other stop. I mean, the most noteworthy stop. As far as I can tell, uh, my gut tells me Michigan still thinks they lead. My gut also tells me the team that they feel they fear the most in this down down the stretch or the most concerned with fear is probably the wrong word. Uh, the team they're most concerned with is Oregon, which is surprising. I told you how he felt about the state of Oregon, but apparently the University of Oregon is like an oasis in the state, right? Like like hey, okay, I can I might not like you know the trees and nature, uh, but Nike Town <laughs> and and University of Oregon, I could do that. Right. I, so it sounds like he's starting to feel them more and more. But I think they're feeling pretty good about that. Uh, and I'm riding with that right now. Now, Oregon has a chance to really shift momentum and we'll see how that goes down the stretch. But I'm starting to buy that they're the, the biggest threat. But Jamel Howard, fellas, I'm picking up a lot of Wisconsin vibes. That's he was committed to them at first. Now, Fickle is back in there. He comes in defensive coach. Great reputation. It, it There's a a lot of confidence emanating from them. Even Illinois, University of Illinois, starting to say a little bit. I'm thinking, I'm feeling Wisconsin is more of a threat. LSU, he's about to visit. But I question whether or not they're going to give him the the uh, the kind of treatment they've given some of the other guys, right? Some of the other guys that have gone through LSU and gotten some special treatment. I don't know if they go that hard in the paint for everyone. So, uh <laughs> I had to unmute so I could laugh real quick there, yeah. <laughs> so but, but what do you guys think about Javel Howard at this point? So explain I mean, basically I was the the gist of it from from my angle was that you know, even though they're two kind of different prospects, Brayton Howard, 
it, it kind of felt like if if Michigan was able to flip Brant, that they may be done up front. Um, again, two different types of prospects, so it didn't really make a ton of sense necessarily. But I mean, I don't know how many D linemen they were necessarily looking looking to take this cycle. So I, I guess the biggest thing, because I gotta feel like. You know, I don't know what Stanford's new coach, how that that situation is, or whatever. But but I gotta think Michigan has a real legitimate chance here with Cameron Brandt if he's coming all the way out to campus. And it's really, it looks like it's the only other school, unless I'm mistaken. It seems like it's the only other school he's really giving a super serious look to. Uh, I think the question really becomes, you know, if they are able to flip, let's say they're able to flip Brandt, where do things go on their end with Howard? After that, but yeah, the, the Jamel Howard one, I mean, that seems like it's turning into your classic. The longer it's dragging out, the less it feels like it's going to be Michigan at the end of the day. Cause there was definitely a, a point in time where it looked like Michigan was in excellent position to land him. But then when he, I think, was he the one that delayed, was he going to commit and sign early? Right. And then delayed. I think when you, when that happens uh, you know, I think that that drastically lowers your chances of, uh, of signing him. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, I got to think if you're Luke Fickle in Wisconsin, you got to be desperate to try to keep a couple of these top type guys in your class, you know, and, and to be fair, I think Wisconsin's like recruiting, they've done pretty well so far under Fickle too. I think it's like a different world for Wisconsin props to Wisconsin fans out there who can be uh, excited about recruiting for once. It feels like they're like, right. It feels like they're in the news quite a bit lately, both on the portal and, uh, on the on the regular recruiting trail, so you know they're they're obviously they're aggressive and 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 Howard I think was he kind of left the door open to Wisconsin the whole time as well too. I don't think he ever completely shut that door. So knowing he's still interested there, not necessarily the biggest surprise, but but really comes down to if they can flip Brant, do they continue to pursue Howard? I think there's questions there if they will or not. Hey Bryce, so so Will Wade, basketball coach. And uh, former basketball coach, he, he he's not he's not around making strong ass offers anymore down there at LSU. I mean, what's up? What's going on? I mean, maybe maybe Jamal Hart's just trying to join the family. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but uh, I'm I'm with Steve. I'm with Steve. I think the longer this goes, the worse it looks. And it's just my opinion, but I do think if I had to pick today, I think Cameron Brandt flips to Michigan. That would be my pick. And I am close to putting a crystal ball prediction for him to Michigan. And if that were to happen, let me preface this. I don't think Michigan's going to get Jamel Howard. I don't know if it's a number thing or if it's just what it is, but I just get that vibe that Michigan at that point would be happy with what they got up front. It's not like they don't have big bodies. I know Cam Good's coming back. You got two of the youngest stars on the team coming in or on the team already with Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, who saw significant playing time. So I don't know. I, and like Steve said too, I get the vibe that he never really closed the door on Wisconsin and they're recruiting at an extremely high level. I mean, they just, I think they brought in like 13 transfers, some insane numbers, something like that. So they're really recruiting extremely hard. He fits what they like doing defensively as well. Illinois, I just, you know, they've been in the picture, but they haven't really closed on several of these in-state guys other than, like, Malik Elzey. I know that's a guy they got late. Mm -hmm. But if I had to pick for Jamel, I would probably say Wisconsin. If I had to pick for Cameron Brent, 
I'd say Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then Nicholas Harbor, that's the fun one. That is the fun one, man. Uh, closing time, just like with Jaden Davis, closing time. Harbaugh's final pitch, and we sort of went over in great detail in the piece, uh, you know, what the what the final act or closing argument has to focus on. Um, you know, can you can you hit all the notes? Michigan is hitting the academic and football note. Can they hit the other ones in, in that mix? So a lot, a lot, we a lot of ground we covered in this episode. That's going to do it for this episode, but you got to keep it locked over on the MichiganInsider.com. We had you wired every step of the way on the on the Harbaugh, you know, is he going on the Harbaugh saga? Had you wired up on that? Had you wired up on something was going on with Weiss? Have you wired up on the recruiting side? If you want to stay wired up all the time, you want to be on the MichiganInsider.com. One dollar gets you in. And this is, I mean, you got Nick Harbor coming up. You got Jaden Davis. I just put a, a VIP piece up on very, very candid interview with his dad. We'll see where things go with that as far as his timeline is concerned. And then you got some other decisions we just talked about with Cam Brandt and Jamel Howard, big recruitments down the stretch for Michigan. In addition to all these visitors that you know are coming to campus and the guys that Michigan is dropping in on, on seeing, you got to be on the MichiganInsider.com to keep track of all that. Of course, if you like this podcast, Be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get a notification every time we do another episode. Until the next time, folks, thanks for watching and listening to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.